Welcome everyone to this recession. Yeah, baby, it's what I've been waiting for. It's what I'm talking about. It's so good. It's so great. Woo! Recession, baby. Oh, it's great. It's great. We got some good news today. We got some great news. We got the best news today. Of course, welcome to the Political Panda program. It's Thursday. Of course, if you're not subscribed to the program already, please do so. It really helps out a ton, and it is truly the best way to support the show, as well as following over on either Twitter or True Social, because it you know it helps me out a ton, and I truly will will thank you for the rest of time. I, I truly cannot thank you enough. So, of course, starting off today, uh, we have a clip from a few days ago now from inside the White House before these you know numbers came out this morning about uh, the not recession that we are in the recession that we are in it's very clear but uh well, let's go ahead and we'll start today off with our opening uh opening clip and we'll then get right into the recession and the hilarity of today's <laughs> today's fucking news is so stupid man uh, uh you better hope that our world ends quicker many of you have uh, reported on um as Secretary Yellen said on Sunday, uh, two negative quarters of GDP growth is not uh, the technical definition of recession. Yes, it is. It's not the definition that economists have traditionally uh, relied on. Yes, it is. Uh, there is an organization called the National Bureau of Economic Research, uh, and what they do is they look at a broad range of data in deciding uh, whether or not a recession has occurred. That is the problem. Many of no, it, it most definitely is. Uh, I'd like to point out, I literally was <laughs> listening to a freaking show the other day, and they were like, yeah, so so the AP, or the Associated Press as it's called, is not a right-wing publication in any stretch of the truth or imagination. Every other time in the past when we were close to a recession, They've used, or when talking about a recession, they've used said definition. And then, of course, when the whole definition change of a recession comes out, oh, no, nah, that's not what it is anymore. <laughs> oh, we're just, everything's so great, guys. It's so lovely. We're not in a recession. You know, the 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 economy's GDP may have gone down, by uh, 0.9%, uh, which is a negative, you know, GDP growth, which means we're in a recession. But but Biden already put out a statement for this morning. Coming off of last year's historic economic growth, that's a lot of bullshit. <laughs> and regaining all the private sector jobs lost during the pandemic. No, you didn't. You literally hadn't even got to it until, like, I think early this year is when you finally got... I don't even think then. I think you were still short. You were still short when... Uh, when, what is it? When, when fucking, I even was still doing the show. So that's just wrong already. It's no surprise, uh, wait. It's no surprise that the economy is slowing down as the Federal Reserve acts to bring down inflation. Yeah, because we spent way more money than necessary during a pandemic. 
But even as we face historic global challenges, we are on the right path. Yeah, wherever that path to you is, 75% of all of us Americans, or I think, no, I think it's up to 80, it's like 80 some percent now, all look at you and go, you're full of shit. Uh, yeah, full of shit. We will come through this transition stronger and more secure. Our job mar market remains historically strong. Yeah, because when a recession starts, usually the job market is one of the last things to react. So I'm going to expect that that number of 3.6% is going to probably rise to like 5 plus percent in the coming months. I, I would assume that that's going to start to rise with a lot of hiring freezes already going to affect it, like tech companies. I would assume that there's going to be a lot of hurt coming to the American people. And we'll talk about some of that hurt in a little bit in one of the funniest fucking stories I think I've read in a long goddamn time. More than 1 million jobs were created in the second quarter alone. Consumer spending is continuing to grow. That's not true. Walmart's literal, like, spending was in a decline for people. And overall, many other places would tell you no, uh... Uh, overall, consumer spending is down. I met with chairman of the SK Group from Korea, just one of the companies investing more than $200 billion in American manufacturing since it took office, powering a historic recovery in American manufacturing. Right, I don't know, really know much about that one, so, but I wouldn't take it at face value. My economic plan is focused on bringing down inflation. That's just wrong. It should be uh, bringing inflation up. Uh, without giving up all the economic gains we made, no, we're giving up everything. Congress has made an historic has an historic chance to buy, uh, to do that by passing the Chips and Science Act and inflation. Uh, no, you know what it should just be. It should just be for the computer chips. We don't need all this other stuff. You can get rid of this other stuff, and we'll gladly pass Chips Act. If you don't know what the CHIPS Act is, the CHIPS Act is currently a uh, bill that wants to be put in place to subsidize uh, the making of chip manufacturers here in the U.S. So that we can actually have, like, you know, the computer chips to power the phone or laptop or computer that you're listening to this program on. Yeah, all of those chips, 92 fucking percent of them, all come from Taiwan. And if you don't know this, but Taiwan is kind of wanting to get fucking invaded by our biggest threat in the entire world who we're in a Cold War with right fucking now called China. I know, you might have heard of them, country, brown for a few thousand years, you know, and then it breaks apart, and then it puts itself whole again, and it breaks apart again, and then it had like that communist sort of civil war during World War II happen, you know, as a whole thing. And now they're trying to be this great power. Yeah, those guys want to, you know, take over the land that they call their own because they don't believe that Taiwan is a separate country because they believe in the one China policy. So it's a whole ordeal. It's a whole ordeal. So, of course, Democrats couldn't be satisfied with doing one thing that's why when you see, like, uh, like there's a few days of the week in that, like, when bills are going through, where it'll be trending on Twitter with all these people getting mad at Republicans for not voting on this very, you know, like, normal thing to vote on, and I then start, you know, 
learning about the bill, I'm like, oh, I see why they didn't vote for it. Because all this other shit that they didn't want added on to, something that could have been really simple, was tacked on there to increase it even more and get through other little side projects and other garbage that they wanted. And so that's why they voted against it. Now that makes perfect sense. And I can understand why. And the Inflation Reduction Act, I bet you, is not in any way going to reduce inflation. Dude, I wish you had to be, like, accurate with the actual naming of your bills, because this is not in any way accurate. I bet it's, like, trillions upon trillion dollars of future spending of absolute bog shit fucking garbage that we don't need, that we haven't needed, and that we'll never need. Okay, I... I... I almost didn't include that opening clip this morning because I was going to include something a bit different. And by something uh, a bit different, I was going to include a, a clip. I was watching stuff this morning and I came across, I was watching YouTube shorts because I was trying to wake myself up and, you know, get out of bed, you know, as as you do. And one of the things that I watched was literally a person at, uh, at, TSA and one of his lines literally was uh, it was like why you guys should really open up more security lines you know and it's like we're the government we don't do anything right and I'm like holy fuck that's the most true thing I've heard all day yeah here here it is holy shit alright sir go ahead and take everything out of your pockets place your bags on the conveyor belt take your laptops and electronics out the bag if you got a hoodie you want to take it off yeah, you should probably take your hoodie off. You right. Why is he so mad? Everyone's mad, sir. This is an airport. You sure it's not because we're, like, all going on vacation and he's not? Plays a role, yeah. Hey, is it possible for me to leave my shoes on and go through the little scanner? That depends. Are you in a hurry? Actually, my flight leaves in five minutes. Great, you're going through the big scanner. Take all your shit off. <sighs> Sorry, is this your back? Not now. What is with this guy? Oh, he's just mad because we've been saying the same things for 20 years and people still have no idea what the f*** to do. Are we in prison? Because it kind of feels like we're in prison. It's getting close. Well, anyways, y'all really need to open up some more security lanes because that line was ridiculous. Sir, this is a government program. We don't do anything right. Oh, yeah, I forgot. Yeah. The most accurate line in that whole damn thing was, this is a government program. We don't do anything right. I swear, do people just not realize that our world is full of, you know, jackasses who think that the, the, the government does good things? You see what these jackasses are trying <laughs> <laughs> we're so fucked. No, with each day, I, I tell people, I'm like, I really want the nukes to go off. And they look at me and they go, man, that's really dark. Why would you say something like that? And I go, well, what, 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 what ways would you rather die? Do you want it to be fucking slow and painful of slowly but surely, you know, struggling to get by with... And slowly but surely having a country split more and more apart? Or would you rather it fucking end real fucking quick with just a nuclear war? You know, at least dying in war, at least you had fun to end it with. You know, at least you died holding a gun or, like, driving a tank or firing from a tank. You know, that's at least something fun to do instead of slowly but surely, you know, starving to death because your country couldn't keep up with food demands anymore. Because, you know, they couldn't get their heads out of their asses. But, instead, you know, I'm just saying there's simply superior ways of, of getting, you know, 
uh, better overall, you know, things over with here. So. Uh, so I, I got sent this by someone I know, and the person who knows who they know, uh, they'll, they'll, you'll realize, obviously, they wanted me to look, uh, they wanted me to kind of look into this, so I, I decided to, I, I decided to look into it because, you know, I, I get curious about things, what's funny is I was actually listening to a show while looking into this at the same time, and they were talking about it, which was really ironic, actually, no, I think I was listening to said show, and then they started talking about this, and I was like, oh yeah, I need to do that because I'm stupid and I forget to do things for said show sometimes. So, apparently over in Saudi Arabia, they're building a thing called, uh, it's called The Line. And it's, it's a very interesting uh, idea, I, I, I must admit. It's a it's a very very interesting idea. Now, of course, it doesn't exist, and so the only thing we have, you know, like right now, are like pictures of like you know CG and whatnot, and that's where I get you know quite skeptical because when you see like what these things are meant to look like, and then you see what they're well, and then when they get to like the final project, if they do even, you become a bit skeptical. But what is the line? Uh, so obviously, uh, where the fuck is it? And I had this all planned out, but of course, that was yesterday. Now today is today. So, uh, fuck. God damn it. I had this so much more prepared. So, so the crown in Saudi Arabia, uh, they want obviously wants to leave a mark on the world. So he, they want to develop a big old, huge city in the desert called Naim, or it's also called the Line, and it's a basically it's meant to be like a futuristic city, but. It's kind of weird looking, like, it's kind of funny to look at. So, it is vertical, but it's also, like, it's it's just like a straight line, but it also goes up just into the air. And it'll incorporate futuristic technology, like vertical farms, cloud seeding. You know, good stuff. Have robot cage fights and a fake moon for some reason. Hmm. Of course, the, of course, you know, it's being criticized. This is from The Verge, by the way, so I'm taking, like, some of this with, like, you know, a grain of salt. Strongly criticized with reports revealing problems from vast overspending to oppressive agreements of local tribes. Yeah, blah, blah, blah. Who cares about what the... Um, of course, the article tries to, you know, slightly turn it into an opinion piece. About, about, like, the pictures that they put up show, you know, it looks like the utopian, like, uh, like, future meme. And the person does have a bit of a point, but my, my big thing here is it's really big. Like, like, really, really big. I think it's, like, a hundred miles long. 
It's 170 kilometers in length and 500 meters tall. Hold on. Let's put that put that in freedom units. I I don't I don't speak I don't speak uh oh, wait. Yeah, so 105 miles. So it's a 105 mile long city. And here here's my big issue. With being a line like this, and apparently it's supposed to be like some futuristic like transportation with it, you know, a whole like sweep of stuff. Actually, there's a video here. Is there? For too long, humanity has existed Ooh. within dysfunctional and polluted cities that ignore nature. Now, a revolution in civilization is taking place. Imagine a traditional city and consolidating its footprint designing to protect and enhance nature. The line will be home to 9 million residents and will be built with a footprint of just 34 square kilometers. And we are designing it to provide a healthier, more sustainable quality of life. The line's communities are organized in three dimensions. Residents have access to all their daily needs within five-minute walk neighborhoods. And the line's infrastructure makes it possible to travel end-to-end -end in 20 minutes with no need for cars. Okay, I'm, I'm pausing it right here. Okay, so I just want you to think about this. Keep in mind, all of this in mind without thinking about it for too long sounds really cool. Now, of course, there's only 9 million people in this 105 miles, like, really thin, like, area. So your space for, like, your living space is going to be really fucking small. I mean, it's cool that you all these things are in walking distance and that you can get from one end to the other of 105 miles in, like, 20 minutes. That's cool and all. But, like, the space thing is going to be the biggest issue here. Like... New York apartments can already be really cramped already. But I think this takes it to a, a new level of cramped. Like, if if you want to, go down below and click the link uh, where obviously all the sources uh, for uh, the program are. You can watch the video right there uh, in the article. It's embedded. It's not that, like, it's really thin when you see it. Resulting in zero carbon emissions. By leveraging AI technology, services are autonomous, saving you time and effort. Designed by world-leading architects, the line is 500 meters tall, 200 meters wide, 170 kilometers long, and housed within an elegant mirror glass facade. Intelligent solutions create efficiency and year-round temperate microclimate with natural ventilation. Energy and water supplies are 100% renewable. The line is designed as a series of unique communities, offering a wealth of amenities, providing equitable views and immediate access to the surrounding nature. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't take that line seriously, which is funny because, uh, no pun, uh, it's, it's what I... Okay, first off, immediate access to nature is the funniest thing with this entire project because it's in the fucking desert! It's in a desert! Okay.
It's in a desert. It's in a fucking desert. It's not like it's in, like, a grassland or forest. It's in the fucking desert. I don't know if you know what's in the goddamn desert, but sand! Sand! Things don't grow there! Anyway, my other big concern with the city, and I don't know if you've, you've thought about it, how do the supplies get into the city? Because, you know, things from the outside world need to come into the city. Where do they come in at? Where? Like, this thing is so, like, condensed. Where do, like, a ship... Because there's clearly... A, I literally, on the map of it, it's near an ocean. So, like, is there going to be, like, a dock outside where, you know, peasants work? Like, where all the, you know, peasants who can't afford the stay, so they, they live in, like, a small community outside and bring in stuff like how how does that work with 40 percent of the world accessible within six hours at the heart of the globe's key trade routes a place for commerce and communities to thrive like nothing on earth seen before the line the city that delivers new wonders for the world now of course the one thing that they 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 like to keep out is, um, but, uh, uh, is no one thinking about how much this is costing or how much it's going to cost to live there? And also, what, what how, how, how are most people going to do, like, jobs there? Like, where do people, like, where are most people going to work at? Like, because if the price is too much, then... Okay, most people are, like, there, like, as vacationing homes, like, but obviously this is clearly meant to be a place that you live in and obviously go to work and do all these different things in. It's like, is it, like, it's gonna be, like, more affordable, or is it gonna be, like, a, you know, all this. Also, the stuff on the outside, it looks really cool, but I bet you that over time that thing is gonna look like ass over time. The other thing is, I'm going to guess that it's mostly going to be people that are from Saudi Arabia. So I don't know if there's really going to be much English in there. Yeah, so I'm going to guess that most of the language in there is going to be Arabic. I just had to make sure. Is there maybe like other languages they speak? I'm going to guess it's just Arabic in there. Oh, but English is widely spoken. So yeah, I, I bet they could probably. There's probably going to be a good amount of English then as well. So, I mean, okay. Here's my biggest takeaway from this so-called city of the future and looking at those renders inside of what they want and what their ideas are. Is it would be one of those things I'd want to check out and really look at first, like in person. Because you can only, like, you can see so many different concepts for things and, like, concept videos and, like, pictures of what people want to see happen. Compared to, like, what the reality of something is, is two different things. And so, personally, I need to be able to see it first in person and be like, would I want to live in here? You know, if it's what it's looking like in this in these pictures then I'd be kind of down to, like, live in there for a while, you know, like a few years, see how it is. Because I think it'd be kind of a cool experience. 
would it maybe be a place I'd want to live in forever? I mean, if it's really that great, then sure, but I, you know, I have my doubts. I, you know, I have some thoughts that maybe, you know, maybe it is, maybe it isn't. Because it's all about, you know, pricing, you know, how, what are, like, how is everything around it? Like, to me, I look at it, and if you've ever watched Star Wars, uh, Clone Wars, some of, like, the different areas looks like it's straight out of, like, Star Wars and the way, like, it's designed, like, with some of the things. And it's kind of weird, like, with such a small, like, space, you'd think you'd use it a bit better, but of, like, narrow anyway. But you know what? I, if they build it, I would I would like to go and visit and see see how it is. So, well, personally... This this is the first of many stories that that have made me laugh, as as today. So out in the gracious city of Los Angeles, you know our favorite favorite city here on the show. Can't get enough of it. It's so good. It's so great. It's just so glorious. Well, so there's a bridge over in uh, in in Los Angeles that just recently opened called the Sixth Street Bridge. Okay, it's a it's like more than a half a billion dollar bridge. It took six years to construct, and it finally opened up on uh, on July tenth. It had to be closed down five days, four times in five days after people kept using it for illegal activity and TikTok videos. <laughs> I wish I were kidding, uh, but but uh, but I'm not. New video just into our newsroom shows someone getting a haircut in the middle of the 6th Street Bridge. It's just the latest <laughs> in a number of dangerous stunts that's led to LAPD beefing up patrols. Now, this is what the new bridge looked like tonight. You can still see the tire marks from... By the way, I would recommend watching the visual to this one, too. <laughs> because the thing is... Like, this bridge has, like, really cool, you know, like, LED lights on it. You know, it looks really nice. And then the LA people just come in, like, this city that's, you know, full of all these different people, and they just fuck it up. <laughs> like, the motherfucker was getting a haircut. Like, it's just a guy sitting in a chair, like, minding his own business, not giving a singular fuck, just getting his haircut and... <laughs> Some on the bridge dangerous driving including donuts and burnouts the landmark's been a target for street takeovers and graffiti ever since its grand reopening in the last couple of weeks the sixth street bridge is the largest bridge project in the history of la spanning the la river and the 101 freeway oh man I just wanna, I just wanna say, oh man, <laughs> the bridge literally gets opened and then gets immediately take, taken over and used and just completely abused. Like, I mean, the street literally goes from looking decent to it's just covered in just tire tracks and I, I, it's, it looks just terrible. It looks terrible now. So, yep. Uh, L.A., everybody. A city that in pictures can look really nice, 
but underneath that nice picture, it's like it's like LA wears like a, it's like a is like a really hot woman, but as like as soon as that woman takes, it's like an aging woman who really puts on like pounds of makeup to make herself look young and hot, and then as soon as that makeup comes off at night, you go ah, and you fucking freak out and you jump out of your fucking chair and you go what the hell happened to you? like i was dating it i was dating like a, a like a 9.9 and now it went down to a six it's like what happened to you sweetheart what, what, what do you what do you mean what do you mean honey you you took off all your makeup right well yeah Ugh. you know it's it's like one of those scenarios that's that's how you describe la in in a nutshell so well, of course, moving right along. So, coming back to a story we've talked about here on the show, I believe it was last week, I believe. I believe it was like last week at the point. So, there was a whole controversy with the Sesame Street uh, theme park up in Philadelphia. During the parade, a uh, a woman... And her two is recording, and her two black children in the five-second video get ignored by a character from Ses Sesame Street. I don't remember the name of the character's name. It's the, oh, it, it's right in front of me. I'm fuck. I think it's Rosita, right? Is is that correct? I'm, I'm gonna fact myself before I wreck myself. All right. Uh, yes. Yes, okay, the person in a Rosita costume had, uh, was obviously in the overall, uh, what is it, in the parade, and she ended up walking by, and in the five second video, it looks like she, the person, ignored the children. Now, of course, Sesame Place responded, and they gave out two apologies. One that was very, very actually, you know, solid and had good reasoning. The next one was just pamper bullshit that didn't actually mean anything. And so now, fast forwarding now, parents have filed uh, filed $25 million racial discrimination lawsuit against the uh, theme proclaiming four characters, including Rosita, ignored their daughter during parade because she's black. The family is suing them after, you know, the costume characters, you know, didn't give their children attention. Uh, oh, man. You know, uh, the lawyer claimed the incident is not isolated to uh, isolated and 25 to 30 fa other families have come forward with videos of similar incidents. Over the years, he's now calling for the theme park to pay for the girls' mental health expenses and claims as one is in isolation, the Congressional Black Congress members are reportedly seeking a meeting with the leaders of the park. Alright, so let's start off with the first thing here. Mental health expenses. Claiming one is in isolation, I'm calling bullshit on that that's the reasoning why. Second off, a family... Uh, like this, I'm gonna guess, no, I'm gonna guess they didn't ignore you, I'm gonna guess that they're in a parade, and in a parade, you know, 
you kind of have to keep moving. You can't stay with people for a long period of time. You're just got to wave and keep going. You're not going to get to everybody. That's just the nature of how parades work. And inside those masks, it's hard to see. It's hard to understand because some people are dumbasses, but it's hard to see inside a mask. I, I don't know if people know this. That's why in, like, you know, Disney theme parks and at other smart places, they have people that aren't in costume walking around with them so that when people, you know, need attention, that kind of thing, because they're children, then they get it from, you know, the, you know, the people can help and, you know, also help in making sure that the person stays on direction. Now, obviously, since this is a parade and not just, like, the characters, you know, like, just walking around in, like, a theme park, like, that kind of thing, it's in a parade, it's a bit different because they kind of just have a direction, a path, and they keep moving forward through. So, I first off, I would look at them and go, you're suing a place, and I'd look at all this, and I am not... Not buying that your your child has mental health issues because they couldn't say hi to some of the Sesame Place, you know, peoples. Because, you know, that's stupid. I mean... This is this is our world now, you know. Children don't get a meet, you know, don't get the attention they need from a from a, from a mascot. Ah, boo, sue, sue everything. It's like gut guys, they can't get to everyone. Okay, I was a kid once too. I met many many mascots when I was a kid. I went to Disney World when I was in the fourth grade. You know, my my big thing and my big goal when I was there is I wanted to just meet Phineas and Ferb. Now, obviously, you know, as a child, I did get to. It was fucking cool. I got, like, the... I had, like, the big old, like, booklet I bought in, like, the gift shop of my of my hotel. And, of course, per the recommendation of the actual uh, hotel people, they're like, yeah, if you want to get autographs from some of, like, the mascots, you should probably, you know, get, like, the bigger pen. It's easier for them to hold. Now, obviously, as a kid... You know, thinking back to it, I'm like, was that just a marketing ploy to get me to buy the most expensive pen? But then, you know, I, I think about it more and I'm like, no, they they were actually giving me genuinely good advice and buying the biggest pen. That, or like, you know, like the biggest like actual working pen because it genuinely did help in like getting them to sign. So like the like tiny pens. So obviously those are some characters that I maybe wanted to meet that I didn't. Yeah, but I obviously, I had to stand... I think it's like a 40 plus minute line to meet and get my picture taken with Phineas and Ferb because, you know, I was one of those kids, bro. I, I was a SpongeBob and Phineas and Ferb kid growing up. I've seen every episode of Phineas and Ferb, okay? I, I was a huge fan. I like the concept. I, I mean, I, I kind of was like the HMP, that kind of part was, you know, it was like, you know, sometimes good. But I was like, bro, look at the cool ass shit they're doing, bro. I want all of those things. Because I, I was that kind of kid. I was like, give me that fucking shit right now. I feel like Phineas and Ferb is like that good show you can watch. Sesame Street is, you know, it's okay. I think it's really, really meant for way younger kids than whatever I was. I don't watch it sometimes. I had so many Almo things. You ever have so much Almo stuff? 
Now, you know what? The best part of Sesame Street is uh, the clip came out with the one one actress that swore in front of Almo. And Almo goes, that's $20 in the swear jar. Bro, Almo's fucking got racks. $20 a swear? Bro, I would, I'd be pouring it in a day on that kind of set. Well, speaking of poor, and by poor, I mean poor at their job, Vice President Kamala Harris. She she's having a bit of a bit of a struggle with public opinion because she's just terrible at this, and she also has another problem with being honest. She also she most recently put forward a false narrative about Republicans diligently working to deny racial minorities the right to vote. Obviously, they're trying to use public opinion to make it so they think that minorities can't vote because they're just so helpless and they just can't get out to go fill out the necessary forms to get proper identification like, you know, the rest of us because there's just too many racist hurdles. You know, they walk out of their house and there's a burning cross from the KKK there like it's still the 1950s and 60s. Now, of course, this just isn't true and that you know, requiring people to show identification to vote is not a stupid or crazy idea. If you have to show your ID for a lot of other things, there's no reason you can't show it for literally going and getting a getting the right to vote. It's not hard. You pull it out to buy alcohol, which I know a lot of you drink a fuck ton of it, you you Democrat morons. Because everybody's a fucking moron, either side. We're both all morons fighting over some dumbass shit. You guys do it when you need to go buy a gun. Anytime a cop pulls you over, you have to pull out your identification. I know you don't like those guys because they're too racist for you, apparently. For a lot of them. I have my own issues with the police, but, you know, not those issues. But, you know, as some of you who know what I look like can tell. I practically glow like a ghost. So, of course, Kamala Harris, she really tries hard. She does. We've played many of her veepest of thoughts on the show. Of course, she likes to blame white people for whatever reasons. She literally is so, so terrible at this. She got put to, you know, work on the border. And then she really failed to go to the border. Because she's just so incompetent that she couldn't even get within 40 miles of the border before she called it good. Because, you know, it's just how things are. Speaking of how things are, a, a thing that's not going to go anywhere. So, uh, Andrew Yang, you might remember him as the Asian who ran for president in 2020 and didn't win. Just just saying, I, I could say that, you know, he didn't, he didn't win. Well, he's officially starting a brand new uh, political party alongside the New Jersey uh, Republican governor... Uh, Christine Todd uh, Whiteman, uh, reporters, uh, was reported on Wednesday, forward uh, formed from three existing political groups of disaffected uh, Republicans, Democrats, and uh, Independents, or dis, dis. I mean, well, they, all these people were dissatisfied with the existing two-party system, and they want to challenge. They have plans to challenge the two mainstream in the future. I'm going to tell you right now, it's probably going to go absolutely nowhere. Believe me, I, I really do not, I really do uh, want, you know, you know, like, more parties to exist in the U.S. I really do. 
but with how things are, uh, I, I, I have, I have hard, hard to believe. So yeah, and their policies really aren't, you know, uh, very clear yet. Of course, Andrew Yang's big claim to uh, fame during his 2020 uh, 20 race for president uh, was UBI, or Universal Basic Income Plan, which would give Americans $1,000 per month, which is a lot of money for... And his reasoning behind it, I get why, because of his whole automation claims, but... It, 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 as a person like me and many others, really hard to support. Leave me. And also, there's, uh, what? If you want to truly, like, this guy, he weirds me out. Okay, Kamala Harris, she weirds me out because she laughs like a hyena sometimes. This man is like the, like the male equivalent. He's like the male Asian equivalent of, of Kamala Harris. Uh, in an episode of the Glenn Beck, uh, podcast he did with Andrew Yang there's all sorts of times when he gets asked different questions and he just starts laughing for no apparent reason and I'm just sitting there going dude can you just like stop you are creeping me out like are you a Chucky doll or something like what is wrong with you what what is so funny about this Th this is like just a very casual interview and nothing funny was said, and he's just, ha ha ha, ha 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 You know, he's got like, he starts laughing, and I'm like, what are you laughing about? It was super off-putting. Super, super off-putting. But of course, continuing with our fabulous government. So, according to the uh, U.S. Congressional Budget Office, Obviously, uh, U.S. debt surpassed uh, $30 trillion in February, and obviously we showed a decline. Well, according to them, the federal debt will nearly double the... Uh, the federal debt will nearly double the nation's gross domestic product by 2052 if it continues in the trajectory. Overall, the rate of GDP is expected to get much worse over the next three decades, giving spending levels and cost of holding high level levels of debt because of interest rate. The projections debt as a percentage begins to rise in 2024 and surprises historical high in 2031 that reaches when it reaches 107% and continues to climb thereafter, rising to 185% of the GDP by 2052. That's crazy. So that means that the U.S. debt would be so high that it is literally a hundred, that it is over 80, 80 plus percent over, like, the debt. That is crazy. And this is, they want to spend more money. More money, please. Gotta spend billions of dollars here and there and give some to the Ukraine and, you know, get rid of all of our other stuff. It's great. Everybody's making so much money. Everybody just has so much of it. So, so, so much. So, uh, hopefully we, we could get that under control. I highly doubt it because, obviously, 
you know, we don't think about saving money and the entirety parts of the government are all about the Great Reset and ending our owning of anything. Because remember, you'll be happy because you'll own nothing. Remember, as of right now, the Great Reset plan has already been put into motion for a long time and their goal is to have it finished by 2030. So we can either, you know, have a really high debt by then or absolutely no anything. Well, I've got to say, this entire story is hilarious. So, a lot of people in Mexico want uh, immigrants to go home. Now, you might be saying, now, Jacob, did you just read that wrong? Because you've been known to do that on, you know, previous episodes. No, I didn't read it wrong. People in Mexico want immigrants from America to go home. What, 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 what do you mean? There, there are people from the U.S. immigrating to, to, to Mexico? Now, you might think that that's really, really stupid, but, but no, it's not. <laughs> Mexico City is being flooded by Americans, including legions of remote workers drawn by cheaper rents, they're transforming classic neighborhoods, the housing market, and even racial dynamics. More and more locals are asking them to please go home. Now, of course, there's there's this great clip from Tucker, Tucker Carlson. I, I've got to play it for you. It is absolutely terrific. It's two minutes long, and it is fantastic. If you're looking at the country and thinking, how do we measure the health of the United States, there are pretty obvious ways to do it. The average life expectancy is one, the marriage rate, the effectiveness of the U.S. military, housing costs, the value of the U.S. dollar, the health of the financial markets, the safety of our streets, etc. By every single one of those very basic measures, the Biden administration has failed and done so dramatically. Biden isn't simply incompetent, though obviously he is. Biden is the single most destructive force in the history of the United States. In just a year and a half, Biden and Ron Klain, his strange, shadowy chief of staff, have done more damage to this country than anybody could possibly have imagined. We read the numbers every night, but they don't capture it. You know what captures it? This story. This story comes from the reliably liberal financial news outlet CNBC. Here's the second sentence of the piece. Quote, a rising number of former Californians are migrating out of the country altogether and are instead heading south of the border. Many are seeking a more relaxed and affordable lifestyle in Mexico. Yes, in Mexico, not Switzerland, Mexico. So things are so bad in Joe Biden's America that thousands of Americans are voluntarily moving to a third world country in the middle of a brutal drug war. Yes, there are human heads littering the side of the road in Acapulco, but at least it's not Los Angeles. Daryl Graham works in real estate in Mexico. He says of the people he sells to, quote, at least half are coming down from California. Suddenly the cost of taxes, the crime rates, the politics, all the things that people are unhappy with in California make them want to come down to Mexico. Another analyst who studies the trend at the Migration Policy Institute says, so many Americans are relocating to Mexico right now that locals are being priced out of their own neighborhoods. So it's mass migration in reverse. It's pretty amazing. No matter how bad you thought this administration was going to be, you probably could not have imagined ever caravans of Biden refugees fleeing our country across the southern border looking for a better life in Mexico. At this rate, the next stop will be Port-au-Prince. Say what you will about Haiti, it's better than Baltimore.
<laughs> it's so hard not to laugh. This is this is a real thing, by the way. <laughs> Locals aren't taken kindly to the influx of American citizens who have begun hanging hanging posters around town to encourage them to leave. New to the city, working remotely, one of the posters reads, You're a fucking plague, and locals hate, fucking hate you. Leave. Can I get one of those posters? Can, can I Can I get one of those posters? Because <laughs> I want to hang them all over, all over the southern border. New to, new to town? New to the city? Working remotely? You're a fucking plague. Locals fucking hate you. Leave. <laughs> oh, it's beautiful. In response to one tweet that read, Do yourself a favor and remote work in Mexico City. It is truly magical. The poster was met with similar sen sentiment across the board. Please don't. The city is becoming more and more expensive every day, in part because of people like you. You don't even realize or care about it. Some Americans are taking advantage of their oppressed status. As a minority group, Lauren uh, Rodwell, 40, a marketer who works remotely, moved to Mexico City from San Francisco in January. Rodwell, who is black, said she doesn't feel guilty about the gentrification. I kind of feel like, as a person of color from America... I'm so economically disadvantaged that wherever I go and experience some advantage or equity, I take it, she said. Those moving to Mexico have cited financial incentives to make inter the international move, according to LA Times, for the cost of a 2001 bedroom in Koreantown, and Angelo can rent a penthouse here. Holy fuck. <laughs> God damn. You're talking a penthouse from what these people were paying before? Talk about a life of fucking luxury. Yeah, hi. I'll take a few margaritas to the room instead. God damn. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't take this shit seriously. These people are unironically leaving America because it's so bad. Not that they're, you know, going to, like, Canada. You know, a more, like, liberal place. No, these Californians are going to Mexico. It is literally like we're exchanging people. <laughs> like, one way comes all of these, like, illegal immigrants into the sanctuary cities of all these, like, taxpayers who are no longer, you know, living in the state. The next, it's just fucking people that are just leaving. And instead of moving to other parts of the U.S., they're like, eh, I don't really want to move that far, eh? You know, I don't want to go to those Republican places. You know, I'm going to go, I'm going to go to fucking Mexico. You know, I go there like every summer anyway for like vacation and I go there for like spring break. You know, I'm going to just say fuck it this time around and I'm just going to stay there. <laughs> that That is utterly crazy to me. Of course, back in 2021, 360,000 people left California and of course... You know, they went to a lot of other places, but I guess, you know, where they where they are going to instead is somewhere even better. And that's and that's to Mexico City. Ah, uh, that's that's great. That is beautiful. Well, the WHO uh has officially hired a communist. 
Yes, that's right. A, a literal communist. A British uh, communist scientist who wanted face masks to be worn forever has been handed a influential role at the WHL. Uh, Professor Susan Mitchie, a long-standing member of the Communist Party of Britain and Labour donor, was yesterday made chair of the WHO's Behavioral Advisory Board, or group, I should say. She will advise the organization on how to boost compliance with vaccine rollouts and other interventions uh, that will help shape the national health policy. Of course, you know... Very, very strong, strong views on the pandemic, clearly. Uh, she was given the nickname at Oxford uh, University, Stalin's Nanny, because of her radical views. My God. This woman literally was like, yeah, we need to keep the COVID and lockdown measures on forever. Now, here's the thing. COVID really didn't affect me that much, but for the general population, I can understand that they need to go out and do things. So obviously I'd be like, oh, I mean, this isn't really affecting me that much, but like, I gladly see the importance of letting everybody else out of their homes so that they can actually go do things. And so, yeah, no, this is unimportant. We don't need these anymore. Let's, let's go ahead and let's get people back out there living their lives again. But yeah. I'm afraid that it just just wasn't possible. But speaking with diseases, of course, you know, WHO, they handle those. Well, you know, we were number one in COVID, and we're number one in monkeypox, baby. Woo! Yeah, we number one. America, number one in all of the right and wrong reasons. That's right. Officially, the number of of monkeypox cases here in the U.S. has reached over 4,000. That's right, we topped out over Spain in their puny 3,700. We're up here with the big boys with 4,638. Mm-mm-mm. We're doing good. We're doing good, guys. Uh, yeah. Remember, touch all the warts and everything you need. <laughs> But, I mean, the other issue, though, is that Spain might actually, you know, catch back up. But I think it's just due to a population difference. Because the new data puts the U.S. at the top of for cases. But the per capita is 1 in 100,000 versus the 7 per 100,000 in, like, Spain. So you're more likely to run into it in Spain just because their population is a lot more condensed. So, Yeah. But yeah, so monkeypox is a spreading, and of course it's still racist. Remember, they haven't renamed it yet, so it's still racist. But maybe they'll eventually give it give it a, a new name. Well, to finish off today's show, I want to talk to you about something kind kind of important. So this story is about a mom who is forbidden from seeing her child. And I might be thinking, oh, what did this mom do? Was she, you know, some sort of rapist, some sort of crime person? Well, no, she's a progressive Democrat parent, but she wasn't progressive enough because she didn't want to uh, affirm her child's uh, transgenderness. 
her child came home one day and said, I'm a boy now. And the mom was like, uh, I don't really buy that because she's never shown any sort of masculine things before. You know, in some ways she was more feminine than even her. And so, well, of course, uh, this whole ordeal came and went into court and all of the stuff went over to the dad. And now she hasn't been able to see her daughter. Who is now been so she's only ever I believe it says here in the I think she's like in total yeah here it is she has only seen her daughter for eight and a half hours in the last three years in total so of course she lost it she didn't you know want to go through with that and so yep they now kept her with uh someone else i believe it's the dad and other people so she was not willing to you know lie to herself about the whole thing and now now of course what's even funnier is it's been you know three three years and guess what her daughter is no longer transgender. And we're thinking, oh, is she, she a woman again? No. She's non-binary now. She goes by Zer pronouns instead. Uh, she's on that Neil pronoun train. Woo-woo! All aboard. Yeah, so her her daughter is not a is not a trans anymore, so she's not a boy. She's Zay-Zer-Z-Zim-Zglur, and you'll never understand what the fuck she's saying. Yeah, so me and Z are gonna go down- Who? Me and Z? Who- who is that? Who- who are you talking about? What- what are you talking about? So yeah. So no, she is still not allowed to see her child. I know, I- I, I know you weren't surprised by that. But this is- you know, you won't get your child taken away when they start, you know, like, swearing at the cops, you know, doing shit like that, you know, or being bad parents in that way. But you will get your kids taken away if you don't confirm that they are what they claim to be. Because remember, when your child starts hearing voices, you should go seek help. When your child, you know, starts having, you know, a eating disorder where... They think, you know, that they're much fatter than they are, so they just stop eating. You probably go get that treated. And, you know, should get them the help that they need. But when, you're, when your child starts to explain things, you can go, I really don't think that's what, you know, you are. We can go get some actual help for that. And you don't confirm that identity to them. Well, then that just means that you get your kids taken away now and you can say goodbye to them forever. Endeavor. Endeavor. So yeah. So what 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 have we what have you learned today? Well, the people in California are moving to Mexico and the Mexicans want the white people to get out, which is ironic. The the parents that were in a recession and that if you don't endorse your child's transgender identity or whatever their new pronouns or whatever they want to be called now are, well, that can be taken to court, and you yourself can be removed as their parent. Man, did we learn a lot. And I hope you learned a lot. 
and hope you at least laughed a little bit along with me as we so slowly go on this ride and I slowly, with each passing day, become more and more of the Joker. Because with each ever day, my sanity goes further down the drain. Anyway, if you enjoyed today's episode and you would like to support the show, please subscribe to the program, leave a like if you're on YouTube, or leave a review if you're on Apple Podcasts, or simply subscribing is good enough, or... As well, you could also follow over on Twitter or True Social links down below, as well as all the articles used for today's show. Now, of course, I will see you all tomorrow for the Friday edition of the show before we go into another nice, well-needed weekend. So before we go back on this magical journey of absolute depression and utterly just stupid news, and just stupid world we live in. Anyway, thank you for listening slash watching, and I'll see you all on Friday for more.